Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 28 today. And we're going to read a little bit more scripture than we normally would on a, uh, on a Sunday morning. We're so glad you're here. All of our visitors, thank you for being here. All of our Calvary folk, thank you for being faithful. And it's just a good day. It's a good day to know the Lord. Uh, Matthew chapter 28 in your Bibles, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's word, Matthew 28. We're going to begin in verse number five, and we're going to read down through verse number 17. So Matthew 28 and verse number five. The Bible says, and the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. And then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Notice verse 17. The Bible says, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And I want to talk to you about that little phrase today. But some doubted. You may be seated this morning. And let's talk about that a little bit today. I'm going to go to the Lord and we're going to pray and ask the Lord to uh, help our hearts to be ready. And I think they are ready. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to preach long uh, today. Uh, I, I, we want to mind the Lord, of course. We want to do what the Lord tells us to do, but I don't think we'll be long today. And typically on a Sunday morning, we try to do our best to get everybody out around right around 1230. And so We've done some extra things today, and we may get out just a few uh, minutes past that, but probably not much. And so let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us, and we'll jump right into this uh, study this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be here today, and we're so thankful for the spirit of worship that's here today. Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Father, we're so thankful to be a part of your church. This is not our church, your church. We're so thankful to be a part of this church. And we're so thankful to be a part of the family of God. Lord, we're so thankful for what we've received. Lord, this morning, wonderful Sunday school lesson. Great singing and music and the choir and this special number. Lord, all that's been done today has been so helpful and so encouraging. Father, the best that we know how now, we plead the blood of Jesus over this service and I pray, Father, that you might bind the powers of darkness. And God, I pray that you keep your blessings within and keep those curses without. 
And I pray, Father, that you save the lost, whether it's in this room or through the live stream or both. God, I pray right now for those that maybe this week have battled some things and maybe they walked in here a little discouraged. Maybe they've not even told anybody, but they're a little discouraged. God, maybe even they're battling depression right now. Lord, I pray you'd encourage them. Oh, I pray you'd encourage them. Lord, our Bible says that you're the God of all comfort. And I pray that, Lord, you'd comfort their hearts. And I pray that you'd knit our hearts together now as we learn something from your word. We ask you for your power, your blessing, Father. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We pray, and for his sake, amen. And one of the things that I love about the Bible is that the Bible is very open and very transparent. It really is. The more you read the word of God, the more you'll understand that. And by, by that, I mean this. The word of God doesn't merely show us the positive, but the word of God also very candidly sheds light on the negative. It never, the word of God, as you read the word of God, you'll find out the word of God never only heralds the good people, but it very much records the broken people and even the bad people and sometimes even the evil people. So again, I, I just start out by saying this, thank God the word of God is very open and very transparent. And such is the case with the record of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in Matthew chapter 28, we read of the positives. We read of the victories that are surrounding the resurrection of our Lord. But I'm gonna be honest with you. The Bible's very honest about some negatives that are surrounding the resurrection of Jesus. Our Bible tells us that there were many that believed in the resurrection, but not everybody. Isn't that great? <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying it's great that everybody didn't believe. I'm just saying, isn't it great that the Bible's so honest? And the Bible says that there were many that believed, but it also tells us that there were clearly some who doubted. They doubted. Even though, now think about this. Even though Jesus has risen physically, and they were able to see his physical body, they still doubted. Now, church, I'm gonna tell you, that tells us a great truth already. And this is what it tells us. This is proof positive that miracles don't guarantee faith. So somebody says, preacher, if God would just show me a miracle, I would believe. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you would not. Uh, and this story right here is, 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 is proof positive of, of that. Jesus raised, if we were just talking about this, brother, but Jesus raised Lazarus to life again in John chapter number 11, and yet people refused to believe. They would not believe. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and yet people would not believe. We talked about this just the other night on Wednesday night. The rich man desired Abraham to raise the beggar and send him to his lost brethren, and Abraham said, listen, if they won't hear the word of God, they won't hear somebody that's risen from the dead. And so it's not a miracle that causes people to believe. God, during the tribulation period, after the rapture of the church, will send numerous miracles and numerous works, uh, supernatural works, and yet many men will fail to repent and people won't believe. And so for the, all those people who say, well, if God would just show me a miracle, I believe. It's not true. It's not true at all. If you won't believe because he tells it in the word of God, you won't believe because you have a miracle. But the Bible says that some doubted, some doubted. 
Even though he rose physically, some doubted. Now, why is it that there were some who did doubt? Let me give you just three thoughts this morning and you'll be on your way. Number one, some doubted because of a, what I'm gonna call a leisurely hearing. And quite honestly, they just weren't listening. It wasn't because they hadn't been told. <laughs> Truth is, they had been told numerous times. The Lord Jesus Christ shared that message of the resurrection on many, many occasions. And I know you can't go to all of these, but let me just read some of them for you. Matthew 16, verse 21, the Bible says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 40 says it like this. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn over to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 10 in your Bibles and look at verse number 32. And again, the point that I'm trying to make right now is this, that the Lord Jesus Christ talked about his resurrection on many, many occasions. He was teaching them and assuring them that yes, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised again. I'm coming back from the dead. He, he let them know that. Look at Mark chapter 10 and verse number 32. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them and they were amazed and as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the 12 and began to tell them what things should happen unto him. Verse 33, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles and they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him and the third day he shall rise again. The church that saw him saying, the Lord Jesus Christ was sharing that message of the resurrection over and over and over and over again. He was sharing that message. Now, is there a lesson we can learn right there? You better know there is. Did you know, as Brother Terry taught in our Sunday school class this morning, it is our responsibility to likewise be sharing that message of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hey, did you know you ought to be telling folks about it? You ought to be sharing that message? You ought to be sharing it with your coworkers and those you go to school with and, and, and those of your, uh, your family that you love. We ought to be sharing that message that Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. He is a resurrected Savior. Now, if you say, preacher, big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. It's a rig real big deal. In fact, I want to tell you this. It is what differentiates Christianity from any other religion. Absolutely. Some of you may have been to Saudi Arabia. If you were to travel to Medina, Saudi Arabia today, you would see something there called the Green Dome. Underneath that green dome is where the prophet Muhammad and his wife are buried. Now you can see the green dome, you can't see the tomb, they won't let you see the tomb, it's buried behind gold mesh. But that's where the body, who, who they revere, they revere the prophet Muhammad, that's where his body is buried. I, by the way, I never knew this either. There, there is a vacant tomb there that's reserved for Jesus. And I thought, I hate to tell you all this. He's not gonna need it. He's not gonna need it. Now, my, my point 
this morning is this. You can visit the grave and not only visit the grave, but he's there. Muhammad, the prophet, is there. If you were to go to Nepal, what they call the Ramagrama Stupa is said to be one of the eight places where the relics of Buddha, Buddha's body were put after his cremation. It's the only one that's never been opened. It's said that when Buddha, when Buddha died, his body was cremated and the remains were distributed to eight different kingdoms in that area. You could visit modern-day Iran. And in modern-day Iran today, you could visit the tomb of Cyrus the Great. We read about him in the Bible. The great Persian king, his tomb is there. His body, his mummified body is there. Or you could go to Moscow. I would not suggest you do that. But you could go to Moscow and you could visit the tomb of Vladimir Lenin. The communist dictator of Russia, who, by the way, died in 1924, and his embalmed body has been on display ever since. What a blessing that would be. Now, uh, again, all these, all these leaders have something in common. They died, and they buried them. And their body, or what's left of their body, is there. Now, you can go, I've been there, I'm going back, Lord willing, in a few months. You can visit a place in Jerusalem where they believe that the body of the Lord Jesus Christ was buried, but I'm gonna tell you something, I went there, I went inside, and the body is not there. It's not there. And uh, in fact, it's been a long, long time since it was there. It was a borrowed tomb. And the reason it was a borrowed tomb is because he wasn't gonna need it very long. He just needed it three days and three nights. And I'm telling you, on that third day, up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. I'm telling you, thank God we serve a resurrected living Savior. And some doubted because of leisurely hearing. How about this quickly, quickly this morning? Some doubted because of a lie that was formulated. Matthew chapter 28, did you hear what it said? Matthew 28 verse 13. Uh, this is what they wanted the soldiers to say. Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. Church, listen to me. Did you ever think about this? That's not even a good lie. If you're going to lie, at least tell a good lie. That's not even a good lie. If they are asleep, how do they know it was his disciples who came and stole him away? Does that make any sense? And so there were was, there was these lies that were formulated. And by the way, there are still some lies that are formulated. Lies like what we call the swoon theory, which says that Jesus didn't actually die. He didn't actually die. He was on the cross, but he didn't actually die. They took him off the cross and, uh, and he was in an unconscious state, sort of a coma, and they took his body off the cross and they put him in the tomb unconscious and a little bit later, he regained consciousness and he walked out of the tomb. You see, that's really what happened. He just regained consciousness. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's not a very good lie either. Think about this. How can a man who's half dead and who has lost most of his blood, get up and walk out of a tomb. And not only walk out of a tomb, but roll back a tombstone. 
that sealed the grave, and then after he rolls the stone away, walk through armed Roman guards. Tell you something else. The Romans had absolutely perfected the art of execution. <laughs> they knew how to do it. They were pros. They were professionals. They knew how to take a man's life. They knew how to make him hurt. They knew how to, they knew how to inflict pain. And they knew, how to man, they knew how to make a man live as long as he can live before he finally died. And, and, I, and I'm gonna tell you something. something. Somebody as high profile as Jesus Christ, you can guarantee you this, they were gonna miss this opportunity. But I'll tell you something else. The Bible clearly tells us Jesus died. He died. Somebody says, Pastor, how do you know he died? The Bible tells us very clearly that he died. There lies like the spiritual theory that Jesus did rise, he did rise, but only in spirit. That his corpse stayed in the grave, his body stayed in the grave, but, but, to, but his spirit came out. That contradicts scripture. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 6, he is not here, he, for he is risen, as he said. Matthew 28, 9 says, and they came and held him by the feet, not by the spirit, by the feet and worshiped him. And so some doubted because of, because of leisurely hearing. Others doubted because of lie that was formulated. But let's just bring this thing to the close here. Some doubted because of a lack of faith. Just because of a lack of faith. They simply refused to believe. And I want to tell you something. In 2023, we're still there. They simply refused to believe. And there are some who say, well, uh, Brother Pope, you see, I didn't see it happen. And if I didn't see it, I don't believe it. If I don't see something, I don't believe something. I've never seen heaven, pastor, so I don't believe there is a heaven. And furthermore, I've never seen hell, and so I don't believe in hell. If I can't see it, I don't believe it. Well, that's pretty weak too. Because the truth is, you believe in things all the time that you can't see. You say, no, I don't, pastor. Yeah, you do. You believe there's wind but you don't see it. Oh, say, no, 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 I saw it. No, you saw the effects of it. You didn't see the wind. The wind's invisible, but it's real. And it's there. <laughs> and that wind can pick up a house. That wind can blow over a tree. There are a lot of things that you can't necessarily see, and yet you believe in those things. You, you can't see gravity. You can't see gravity, but you believe in it. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be able to stay in that seat right there. If you don't believe it, get in an airplane and let it level out at about 35,000 and then kick that door open and jump out. And guess what? You'll become a believer. <laughs> Preacher, I can't see it, can't see it, don't believe it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, that first step's a doozy, I'm just telling you. And you say, well, I brought my parachute, friend. You can bring a parachute, but you're still going down. You're still going down. You might go down a little slower, but you're still going down because there's something called the law of gravity. You can't see it, but it's true. Hey, listen, you can't see the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, but I'm glad to tell you that you ought to accept it by faith. It happened, it happened. And by the way, I want to mention this to you, that uh, the burden of proof is not dependent upon the believer. 
The burden of proof is rather on the doubter. What do you mean, preacher? You're going to have a much harder time trying to prove to me that Jesus didn't rise again than, than my profession to you that he did. Now, you say, Pastor, how are you so sure that Jesus rose from the dead? Well, can I give you just a few? I mean, we're, we're done. We're closing. Number one, I wrote this down. All four gospels testify to the resurrection of Jesus. Matthew 28, 7. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Mark 16, 6, he is risen. He is not here. Luke 24, 6, he is not here, but is risen. John chapter 20, verse number 19. Then the same day at evening, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. Say something else. Witnesses documented the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then all of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. And so witnesses documented the resurrection of Jesus. But you say, okay, preacher, you got anything better? Yeah, I do. Christianity proves the resurrection of Christ. What do you mean, pastor? There is power in knowing Jesus. You say, Brother Pope, hang on a minute. How can you be so sure he came out of the grave? Because he changed my life. And if you ever get a real dose of salvation, he'll change yours. Did you know, amen, brother. Did you know that he will do what other things cannot do? Did you know that Jesus can do what people cannot do? Did you know that Jesus can do what preachers cannot do? Did you know that Jesus can do what Alcoholics Anonymous cannot do and Narcotics Anonymous cannot do? And did you know that Jesus can do what social groups cannot do and what politics cannot do and what the Republican Party cannot do and what the Democratic Party cannot do? I'm telling you, Jesus can do what others cannot do. And if you ever give your life to Jesus, I want to tell you what, he will change your life. And by the way, I'm not just the only witness to that. There are hundreds in this room today who have testimonies just like me and some better. Some that were saved out of some rough background. Some came from alcoholism. Some came from drug addiction. Some came from divorce. Some came from abuse. Some came from problems and troubles. And some came uh, from homes where they never went to church and mom and dad never took them to the house of God. And one day they found Jesus and Jesus came in and he literally changed their life. That's how I know. That's how I know that Jesus is alive. The greatest witness that Christ is alive is to see a life that's been transformed by the gospel. Sam Jones, his life was changed by the resurrected Christ. You say, Pastor, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Sam Jones was a 
famous Methodist evangelist who God used greatly in America. He was a brilliant man. He came from several generations of preachers. But when Sam Jones got old enough, he decided he didn't want to preach, didn't want to go in the ministry, but he was an intellectual man. And so he thought, you know what? I'm not going to be a preacher like my fathers before me, but I'm going to be an attorney. And I'm not going to be just an attorney. I'm going to be one of the greatest attorneys America's ever seen. And sure enough, he went to law school, passed the bar without any problem. And sure enough, Sam Jones was on his way to becoming one one of the most famous attorneys that's ever lived in America. But there was a problem. Sam Jones began to drink. Maybe first just sort of casually, but he began to drink. Then he began to drink worse and worse. And finally, Sam Jones, the brilliant-minded attorney, Sam Jones became an alcoholic. Sam Jones, they wouldn't even let Sam Jones in the court. In fact, they said this. They said the only job, the only job that he could get was shoveling coal. Shoveling coal for 12 hours a day. One day as he was in that, down in that furnace room, shoveling that coal, just an old sot, just an old alcoholic, he got word. Word came to him and said, Sam, your dad's on his deathbed. And if you want to see him, you better come. Sam Jones put down that, that shovel, took his apron off, covered in soot, and he made his way to the hospital. And there at the hospital was his dad laying on his deathbed. And his dad said this to his son, Sam Jones. He said, Sam, make me a promise that you'll meet me in heaven. Make me a promise you'll meet me in heaven. His daddy passed away. Now I'm reading Sam Jones' own words. He said, I went to the bar and begged for a glass of liquor. I got the glass and started to drink and I looked into the mirror. I saw my hair matted, the filth and vomit on my clothes. One of my eyes was totally closed and my lip was swollen. And I said, is that all that's left of the proud and brilliant lawyer, Sam Jones? I smashed the glass on the floor and fell to my knees and cried, oh God, oh God, have mercy. He said that the bartender ran to his side, thought he was dying. And Sam Jones said, I was dying. Just let me alone, he said. I picked myself up and staggered to my cheap rooming house and said to the ladies running it, would you do me a favor? They answered in the affirmative. I asked them to bring me a pot of black coffee. I went through three days and nights of hell, but when the morning came, something had happened to old Sam Jones. I went down to the clothing store and said, I want you to give me a brand new suit. I got saved last night. Sam Jones is coming back. Not only did I get a suit, but shirts, ties, a coat, everything I needed. And as I left, the merchant stuck a $100 bill into my hand. I went to the barber, for I'd not had a shave in over a month. I asked for a bath, a shave, a haircut. I put on my new clothes, looking pale and weak. I left to go to my wife. 
whom I had beaten till she was black and blue. She didn't even recognize her own husband. I said, honey, God's given you a new husband and the children a new daddy. And I wonder if you'll forgive me and start all over again. She grabbed me in her arms and said, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've been praying for this. And Sam Jones said, I've been going around the country bragging about Jesus Christ ever since that day. Oh, I want to tell you why you say, Pastor, I want to meet with you after the service so we can debate whether Jesus came out of the grave. You might as well go out in the pasture and debate with a Holstein cow rather than come and debate with me. I'm telling you, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Hey, did you hear what I said? He's alive. And I know he's alive because thank God one day he reached way down and he put my feet out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock and established my my God and save my unworthy soul. And I'm telling you, brother, I'm on a one-way track to heaven. And you can be too. You can be too. Jesus will save you today. You say, Pastor, you know how low I am. Oh, he'll reach mighty low. And him not only reach down low, but he'll lift you high. What a savior. What a savior. Would you bow your heads with us all over the house this morning? Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven? If you don't know, today's your day. April the 9th, 2023, Easter Sunday. Oh, listen, in just a moment, in just a moment, I want you to step out. And we want to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you know that you're going to meet Christ in eternity and go to heaven. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, how many, how many are here today would say, Pastor, Pastor, if I died right now where I'm seated, a stroke or a heart attack or something, and I were to die right there in my seat, how many are here this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed? And you'd say, Pastor, I know beyond any shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm on my way to heaven. I know that I've been born again. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, you just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, here's my testimony. I know that I am saved. Thank you so much. You may lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many are here right now who would say, Preacher, I'm not sure. I could not raise my hand. Brother Steve, I want to go to heaven. I want to go but I'm not sure I would. And I'm concerned. And I'm concerned enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. Preacher, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. Preacher, would you please pray for me today? Right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, you slip up your hand right now, just slip it up and say, Preacher, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. I see 
probably two or three hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you. I see your hand, buddy. Thank you. Who else? We got a big crowd today, so you may have to sort of wave it at me just a little bit. Who else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure that I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there another anywhere? Just raise it up right now. Just raise it up. Let me pray for you. Can I do that? I want to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to drag you down the aisle. I promise you. I just want to pray for you. Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. Not sure of heaven. Anybody else? Can I pray with you? Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. Okay. All right. Can I ask one more question? How many here today would say, Brother Pope, I'm saved. I've already raised my hand about that. I, I know the time when I was born again. But pastor, there's another issue. I really need to rededicate my life to Christ. Preacher, if I died, I know I'd go to heaven. But if I were to stand before the Lord of Lords today, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not sure I'd be ready. I've not been living for him like I need to. I've strayed. Amen, thank you. Who's that? Who's like that today? Slip your hand up. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yes, God bless you over here, right here, right here, and back toward the back, and right over here. Thank you. Who else? Preacher, I am saved. I know I'm saved. Bless you. God bless you. But I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I know I do. The Holy Spirit, he's been working with me. I know I need to come back to God. I know I do. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm still seeing some hands. Who else? Preacher, remember me. Remember me that I'll do business with the Lord. Remember me. Would you do us a big favor? Would you stand all over the house? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts today through this service. And thank you for the privilege of being here today. Thank you for the precious and holy word of God. Lord, I'm thankful for these that have raised their hands and said, honestly, they're not sure about heaven. And God, in just a moment, I pray that they will come and let us take a Bible and show them how they can know for sure they're going to heaven when they die. Lord, we're not gonna make them give a speech. Nothing like that, nothing. We're not gonna embarrass them, but we would like to take a Bible and just show them very simply how they can know Christ as Savior. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help those that have raised their hands and said, Preacher, I really need to rededicate my life to Christ. I pray you'd help them to come today. I pray that, that April the 9th, 2023 will be a new beginning for them. God, I pray it'll be a turnaround for them. God, please do it. I pray you'd do that. And then, Lord, I pray you'd help Christians just to come around the altar and pray for these lost people. Father, help, help our folks to come and just pray for these lost in the services today. God, have your way in this time. And we pray that you'll be pleased through all that's done. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Our personal workers have already made their way to the front. They have a Bible in their hand. If you're with us today and you raised your hand a moment ago and you said, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven. I'm really not sure of heaven. If you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, but God's speaking to your heart, would you do this? Would you slip out right now and just come? Would you come? 
just come on right now and we have somebody who wants to take a Bible and just show you how you can know that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Would you do that right now? Would you come? You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I need to come back to God. Okay, right now, just come find your place around this altar today. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Would you come? Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, I'm thankful for the hands that were raised. God, I'm thankful for all that you're doing right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd continue to work. And I pray for just a little bit, Lord, that we would forget about the time. God, we'd forget about all the other things that maybe we're doing today. And just for a little while, Father, help us to focus. Help us to focus on spiritual matters. God, continue to have your way in this invitation. Please speak to hearts this morning. Please speak to hearts this morning. And we thank you. Let's just keep our heads bowed for another few moments. Anybody else need to make a move? Pastor, I need to get right with God. Would you come? Would you come? Pastor, I've been saved, but I've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism, and I need to make myself a candidate for baptism. How about you? Would you come? Would you come? Somebody here today is probably living with a Sam Jones. Are you concerned enough to come and pray? Pray for that Sam Jones. Would you come while we wait? up this way. Invitation still ongoing. Folks are still coming. If you're here this morning and God's, God's dealing with you, oh, listen. And, and by the way, nobody has to meet with you down here necessarily. But if God's speaking in your heart and you need to come, the altars are open. You just find a place and do business with the Lord. You say, well, pastor, I know, but everybody's looking now. Yeah, I know. You know, everybody that Jesus called, Jesus called publicly. And we should never be ashamed to make a move for the Lord if God's really dealing with our heart. We're going to sing this little chorus that says, Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. And if you're here this morning and you have a decision that you need to make, the altars are open. You come while we wait. There'll be somebody here to greet you if you need that. And so let's sing it out today like we mean it. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the And life is worth the living just because. Oh, you sound so good. Let's sing it again, church. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. 
because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he would you bow your heads with us just for a minute? Just for a minute, we're gonna bow our heads. Listen, it's 1235, good gracious. 